Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051, 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. All right, well, good to see everyone out tonight. I've passed by Alibaba and it was not full. So <laughs> that's a <laughs> so anyway, it's good to see everybody tonight. And uh, let's uh, take your Bibles and uh, if you would and turn to Revelation chapter five, verse 12, Revelation 5:12. It's going to be the text we're going to look at. Let's first of all look to Lord in prayer. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord, for the worthiness of our Lord Jesus Christ and help us tonight, Lord just to see, just to see a little of what is seen in heaven, of the worthiness of the Lamb, in Jesus' name, amen. All right, so if you turn there to Revelation chapter five, it's our text here, is uh, this chapter is, is an amazing chapter, and the verse we wanna center on tonight is verse 12, and it says, this is actually part of a song, because they're singing a song, and it says, in this part, they're saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the lamb that was slain to receive. And here are the things that heaven says the lamb is worthy to receive. Power, riches, wisdom, strength, honor, glory, blessing. Okay, now, first of all, whenever you turn to the book of Revelation, first of all, it's a strange thing because Revelation, the book of Revelation is not a common go-to book in the Bible, and what's unfortunate is that the book of Revelation is viewed as strange, and it's strange, you know, with, with all sorts of, of weird scenes in it, which meanings, are, which are difficult, and, and how do you interpret these things? And, you know, one of the reasons why the scenes in the Revelation are, is so, so difficult to understand is because they're not presented as fictional. They're not presented as allegorical. They're presented as factual realities. This happens and this happens. And these realities are really strange to us because we've never seen anything like this before. And you know, for example, there are these the scenes of strange vials that are open that have these catastrophic uh, consequences on earth, and the vials, those are difficult to understand. And then there are the scenes of a throne with a crystal fountain and a crystal rivers and a sea, and, and that's hard for us to understand. And then there are these scenes of the streets of gold. I mean, that's very difficult to understand. And, and strange scenes of a woman giving birth and a wild pursuit to kill her child and a fleeing into a wilderness for safety, and, and it's difficult to understand. And then there are the strange scenes of 144,000 Jewish people whose ancestry is known all the way back to the original 12 tribes. And since all the ancestral records were destroyed with the destruction of the second temple, that's difficult to understand. 
And then it's strange that the tribal ancestry is known of these 144,000, but the strangest is that these 140,000 uh, Jewish, 144,000 Jewish people are all virgins. And I don't know where you find 144,000 Jewish people who are virgins. But, <laughs> so that's strange, you know. And then it's strange scenes of angels flying over the earth with the gospel. And none of us have ever seen an angel, much less flying over the earth. It's all very difficult to understand. Strange scenes about, about the devil who we've never seen. He's bound for a thousand years. Then he's loosed and he brings about this great demise Strange scenes of, of books of judgment where everything is recorded, that everything's ever done, everybody's ever done. Hard to understand. Strange scenes of a lake of fire in which the devil and the demons and the resistors of the gospel are cast into, and then they, they exist in this lake of fire, suffering endlessly. It's all hard for us to understand. And all these scenes or in the book of Revelation, and all these scenes are very strange to us and because we've never seen anything like this before and, we, and we, we don't understand it, we don't know how to interpret it. And because we've never seen this, there's a tendency, and how strange all these scenes are, there's a tendency for us to emphasize these scenes in this book, and there's a tendency to call this book the book of, you know, because we've never seen these things before, the book of Revelations. And to call this book the Revelations, as to stress the importance of all these scenes, all these strange scenes in the book. I mean, to call this, this book the book of Revelations is to say, wow, look at all this. Look at all these strange scenes. We've never seen this before, and just wait till you turn the next page. This is gonna knock your socks off. You know, and that's the message when the book is really looked at and called subconsciously the book of Revelations. But the title of the book is not the book of Revelations. It's not the scenes that are presented as the main message of this book. The title of this book is the book of Revelation, meaning that this book is the book of the Revelation. And that's the point of this book. That's what this book is about. The first important point about this book is revealed in the title. The title of the book is the book of Revelation. It's not the book of Revelations. And since the title of the book's not Revelations, and not putting emphasis on all these strange things in here, but it's the, the emphasis is on a single revelation. And the question is, what's the revelation? What's the revelation? And the answer to the question is given in the first five words of the book. So you might want to turn. It's not so far away. Turn over and look at, at Revelation 1.1. Revelation 1.1. And it tells us what is the great revelation, the great single revelation of this book when it says the revelation of Jesus Christ. This book is the revelation of Jesus Christ. This book reveals Jesus Christ to us. So to focus on all the strange scenes of the book, that's a mistake. To subconsciously call this book, the book of Revelations, is to be misled in the wrong direction. And verse one puts us in the right direction because it says this is the revelation of Jesus Christ. And we don't wanna do that. We don't wanna put emphasis on the wrong scenes. We don't wanna overemphasize all these things we don't. We wanna see this book as the unveiling of Jesus Christ. Now, that's our tendency is to go astray. That's what it says about us in, in Isaiah 53, six. It says, all we, like sheep, have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way, to his own way. That was the, the um, 
the song that Donald Trump did his first dance to. You know, I did it my way. I don't know why they did that, but that's what they do. Anyway, they didn't ask. Okay, so, <laughs> and, and this, this, is, this is describing this verse, which, by the way, could be the foundation for Frank Sinatra's song, but this verse is really describing a terrible tendency. It's a terrible tendency that we all have is to go astray and to turn to our own way. We have this tendency. What does that mean? It means we have a tendency to get distracted. We have a tendency to get distracted. Getting distracted is going astray. And God always has to bring us back to the main point. The main point is always and will always be the Lord Jesus Christ. Our tendency is to get distracted, go astray, get overemphasized peripherals. And God always has to bring us back. You know where you see this so clearly is on the Mount of Transfiguration. Because on the Mount of Transfiguration, the Lord Jesus Christ is turned inside out. And it's a magnificent internal glory that's seen by him. When it says, it talks about this in Luke 9, 28, Luke 9, 28, where it says, and it came to pass about eight days after these sayings, he took Peter and John and James and went up into a mountain to pray. And as he prayed, the fashion of his countenance was altered and his raiment was white and glistering. And behold, there talked with him two men, which were Moses and Elias, Elijah, who appeared in glory, who appeared in glory and spake of his decease, which he should accomplish at Jerusalem. But Peter and they that were with him were heavy with sleep, so they fell asleep. And when they awake, they saw his glory and the two men that stood with him, and it came to pass, as they departed from him, Peter said unto Jesus, Master, it's good for us to be here. And let us make three tabernacles, three tents, one for thee, one for Moses, and one for Elias, not knowing what he said, which was most of the time for Peter. You know? <laughs> While he thus spake, there came a cloud and overshadowed them, and they feared as they entered into the cloud. And there came a voice out of the cloud saying, this is my beloved son, hear him. And when the voice was passed, Jesus was found alone, and they kept it close and told no man. See, at that time, Moses and Elijah were seen talking with the Lord Jesus Christ, talking about his most supreme glory when he would become the Lamb of God to be slain for our sins and to accomplish our great redemption, our great atonement. And Peter saw this glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. He saw Moses and Elijah, and Peter did what you and I do. You and I, like Peter, we, he, Peter went astray. He got distracted by well, Moses and Elijah. Wow, Moses and Elijah. Oh, I've read so much about them. I've always wanted to see them. Now I get to see them. This is great. And so what does Peter do? He says, let's make an avenue of the stars. And I'm gonna put on this sidewalk a star for Jesus and a star for Moses and a star for Elijah. And so he did that because he got over, he got, he got overemphasized, he got distracted with Moses and Elijah and he put overemphasis on Moses, Moses and Elijah and he missed the main person, the Lord Jesus Christ. It was as if Peter said, oh yeah, yeah, the glory of, of Jesus, that's nice, and the, all that bright shining and everything. But I've always been intrigued by Moses and Elijah, and, and oh wow, we got three stars here now. And, but the message of the Mount of Transfiguration is what God said in Luke 9.35, Luke 9.35, when he says the, there came this voice out of the cloud saying, this is my beloved son, hear him. And then it was Jesus was found alone. 
See, when it says that Jesus was found alone, that's God stepping in and saying, no, there's no avenue of the stars. There's an avenue of the star, and there's only one star. That's the Lord Jesus Christ. So to put emphasis on all these strange scenes in the book of Revelation, to overemphasize these scenes and making an avenue of the stars when there's only one star. The single star in the book of Revelation is the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why Revelation 1.1 is so important. So we could, instead of calling this the book of Revelation, it'd be clear if we said the book of the Revelation, the book of the Revelation, because that's closer when it says in, in uh, Revelation 1.1, the Revelation of Jesus Christ. Now, so this is the unveiling of him. It's a, and what's interesting here is that we've already seen, before the book of Revelation, it, we've already seen the unveiling of the Lord Jesus Christ in the Gospels. But this is a different revelation of the Lord Jesus Christ. See, in the Gospels, we saw the revelation of Jesus Christ, the Lord Jesus Christ, and that was the part of Philippians 2, 7, and 8. Philippians 2, 7, and 8. You take that passage in Philippians and you put it into two sections, and the first section is verses 7 and 8, Philippians 2, 7, and 8, where it says about him, he made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men, and being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. So this is what we have in the Gospels. In the Gospels, we have the revelation of Jesus Christ after he made himself of no reputation, after he took upon him the form of a servant, after he was made in the likeness of men, after he humbled himself, and we saw that he became obedient to death, even the death of the cross. Okay, that was the revelation of the Lord Jesus Christ in the Gospels. Now, what do we have here in the book of Revelation is a new unveiling of the Lord Jesus Christ. So the book of Revelation is the next part of Philippians 2. That's verses 9 through 11, Philippians 2, 9 through 11. This is the part where it says, wherefore God hath also highly exalted him and given him a name that's above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess, confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God. So the book of Revelation is the revelation of the same person of Jesus Christ, the Lord Jesus Christ, after He's been exalted with a name that's above every name and in every knee bowing to him everywhere in heaven and earth and under the earth and every tongue confessing that he's God to the glory of God. So the book of Revelation is a revelation for us really of three things. It's glory, the glory of his person. It's majestic. It's the majesty of his power and it's wonder. We just sit back and we wonder, what did he do, his purpose? And this is all this because the Lord Jesus Christ is revealed in the book of Revelation. And what it says in the book is that there's a special blessing to reading and hearing. Reading and hearing. Hearing, reading, when you say hearing, at least in the Hebrew, Shema, it's not just, it's not just hearing and understanding, it's hearing and responding. It's hearing and responding. So that's what it says in Revelation 1.3 in the third verse, first chapter. Blessed is he that readeth, and they that hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written therein, for the time is at hand. Now, this book is God unfolding precious truths 
about the purposes of the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's really for, for his believing people. But the only point that we have to remember when we read this book is not to be like Peter on the Mount of Transfiguration. Not to make an avenue of the stars, just to have an avenue of these stars. There's the one star. And that's why there's a great hymn. There's a great hymn. Look, ye saints, the sight is glorious. You could say that's a theme for the book of the Revelation. The book of Revelation is just a glorious sight of the Lord returned from the fight, triumphant over Satan and over our sins. See, the words of this hymn go like this. Look, ye saints, the sight is glorious. See the man of sorrows now from the fight returned victorious. Every knee to him shall bow. Crown him, crown him. Crowns become the victor's brow. Hark, those bursts of acclamation. Hark, those loud triumphant chords. Jesus takes the highest station. Oh, what joy the sight affords. Crown him, crown him. That's a great one. King of kings and Lord of lords. In the next time, next edition of the Friendship with God Bible, whenever the book of Revelation is open, then those, you'll hear those words. <laughs> you open the book of Revelation, that's the way it is. Look, ye saints, the sight is glorious. See the man of sorrows now from the fight return victorious. Every knee to him shall bow. Now, the point about this is that the Lord Jesus Christ is the same person revealed in the Gospels and revealed in the book of Revelation. Now, this last week was quite a week. I mean, watching the TV last Friday and seeing everything that happened, it was thrilling. It was thrilling. It was thrilling. Whether you, whether you like Donald Trump or you don't like Donald Trump, it was thrilling. And as we saw our new president get sworn in and become the 45th president of the U.S., all the drama and the pomp and the ceremony of it all, it was really something. And then right after he was sworn in by Chief Justice Roberts, Donald Trump gives a speech. And so everybody listens to the speech. It was very obvious that fortunately or unfortunately, depending on how you view it, President Donald Trump is the same person <laughs> as he was before he was president and after he was president. He didn't change. Now, just as the Lord Jesus Christ is the same person in the Gospels and the same person in the book of Revelation. But there was something very different about when Donald Trump became president, Donald Trump. After he became president, Donald Trump, there was like all eyes were on him and there was just great, great drama, you know, throughout the day when he would appear and, and, and especially when he came at that uh, Liberty inaugural ball you know, very dramatic, you know, as he stood behind those panels of the U.S. flag. How many saw that? Uh, yeah. He stood behind, and then on the stage, and, and, then, and then the music started to play, you know, hail to the chief, you know. It's very interesting words, hail to the chief, hail to the chief. We have chosen for the nation. Hail to the chief, we salute him, one and all. Hail to the chief as we pledge our cooperation and proud fulfillment of a great noble call. Yours is the aim to make this grand country grander. This you will do, this our strong, firm belief. Hail to the one we selected as commander. Hail to the president, hail to the chief. Okay, so they're playing this song. And then all of a sudden, like the panels move and sideways, and then Donald Trump appears, and it's the great entrance of now President Trump at the Liberty Inaugural Ball, and that's a picture of the book of Revelation. The book of Revelation is the grand entrance 
of the Lord Jesus Christ. But now he's come as the, as the look ye saints to sight his glorious song tells us, he's come now return from the fight victorious. He's coming in now as the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And just like with President Trump, they have the song, there's a song that's going on here in the book of Revelation. Very significant that the song, you know, Hail to the Chief in the case of the President of the U.S., and that's, the, that's what's happening here. And in Revelation 5.5, 5, when it's, this is like the opening of the panels there, Revelation 5.5, 5, when it says, and one of the elders saith unto me, weep not, behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, hath prevailed to open the book and to loose the seven seals thereof. And I beheld, and lo, in the midst of the throne and of the four beasts, and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb as it had been slain, returned from the fight as it had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God, sent forth into all the earth. See, in this scene, it's got all this anticipation, all these expectations, and then the Lord Jesus Christ appears on the stage, you know, the panels turn sideways, and you know, just like, you know, you get the, the ladies and gentlemen, the president of the United States, you know, the announcer, that's what's happening here. In Revelation 5, 5, one of the elders saith unto me, weep not, behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David. See, that's the voice that's heard in the background, the announcement. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David. And then he comes in, and then it's a, and I beheld, in verse six, I beheld, and in the midst of the throne, the four beasts, in the midst of the elders, stood a lamb as it had been slain. A lamb as it had been slain. And then, let's look at verse nine, Revelation 5, 9. They sung a new song saying, thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof, for thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God by thy blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation and hast made us unto our God kings and priests and we shall reign on the earth. And I beheld and heard the voice of many angels round about the throne and the beasts and the elders and the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands so you don't even know how many there are, you know, you can't do that on a calculator. Saying with a loud voice, worthy is the lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. So the revelation of the Lord Jesus Christ is the revelation of a lamb, a lamb that has been slain from the foundation of the world. He's seen pierced, he's seen with his wounds, and now you know, we're gonna finish this service there, we're gonna sing another Hail to the Chief song, but it's crown him, the Lord of love. Behold his hands inside, rich wounds yet visible above, in beauty glorified. No angels in the sky can fully bear that sight, but downward bend their burning eyes at mysteries so bright. Crown him with many crowns, the lamb upon his throne. Hark how the heavenly anthem drowns all music, but its own. Awake, my soul, and sing of him who died for thee, and hail him as thy matchless king through all eternity. See, that's our, that's our, that's our song. That's, a, that's heaven's song. Now, in heaven's song, what's so interesting is that as they sing all this song in heaven, they come to this one part of the song that we're centered on tonight. And this one part of the song is so important. It's so moving that it says that they sing this song, you see that in verse, verse 12, with a loud voice, saying with a loud voice, worthy is the lamb that was slain 
to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org and sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestorationministries.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California, Santee, California, 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org, tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. 